This is Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast, episode number 18. In the fast-paced, high-tech world of construction today, 80% of the new start construction companies go broke or out of business within the first year. In five years, only 2% of the construction companies remain. Construction Business Mastery is dedicated to providing educational information and resources necessary for construction companies to succeed and prosper. Hello, this is Glenn Wilson, and I'll be your host for the 18th episode of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. Construction Business Mastery Alliance is dedicated to assisting independent and medium-sized contractors succeed and prosper in the construction industry. In this month's feature segment, we're going to be looking at the construction figures that are now in for the month of March and looking at how we fared for the first quarter of the year 2012. In addition, we're going to be starting a series on project management, and in this episode, we are going to be discussing the role the construction project manager has in project management. In the legal segment, we're going to be looking at an interesting case where a prospective subcontractor tried to dictate the terms and conditions of a contract in his proposal. In the safety segment, we are going to be reviewing a citation from OSHA and the circumstances surrounding the issuance of this citation in a construction accident that resulted in an employee's death. In the bonus section, we have a special offer from PlanSwift and also one from QuickBooks for Contractors and a special offer from the Construction Business Mastery Alliance. And now it's time for the feature segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. Before we get into this month's feature segment, I'd like to apologize for not putting out a podcast for the last two months, but actually construction activities here at my own company have been extremely busy and required a great deal of my personal attention. But that's a good thing, as we are seeing work pick up, as is evident in our review of the March figures for the construction industry, as well as the first quarter. So let's get into it. We now have the month of March figures in, as well as the first quarter. Construction spending during the month of March was estimated at a rate of $808.1 billion, 0.1% above the revised February estimate of $807.3 billion. The March figure is 6% above this same period in March of 2011, which was estimated at $762.6 billion. During the first three months of this year, construction spending amounted to $171.2 billion, 6.7% above the $160.4 billion for the same period in 2011. All private construction, both residential and commercial, posted gains above February of approximately 2%. In the public construction section of the market, all posted declines of approximately 1% from the February estimates. 
showing that the economic recovery that we are seeing construction is coming right now from the private sector. I think this is a very positive indication. And it's exactly what we're seeing in our own business. Over the next several months, we are going to be focusing on construction project management. This is essentially where we make our money in this business. And in this first installment, we are going to be looking at the expertise required and the responsibilities of the key player in this process, which is the construction project manager. Generally, the project manager is responsible for the project planning and scheduling, resource allocation, project accounting and control, while providing technical direction and ensuring compliance with quality standards. More specifically, the project manager must oversee the construction project from start to finish, perform a key role in project planning, budgeting, and identification of resources needed. He will create the teams, develop the objectives and goals of each, and assign individual responsibilities. We'll oversee the project accounting functions, including managing the budget and minimizing exposure and risk in the project. We'll ensure that construction activities move according to the predetermined schedule, devise the project work plan, and make revisions as and when need arise, communicate effectively with the contractors responsible for completing various phases of the project, coordinate the efforts of all parties involved in the project, which include the architects, consultants, contractors, subcontractors, and laborers. We'll monitor the progress of the construction activities on a regular basis and hold regular status meetings with all the sub-teams. We'll provide periodic inspections of the construction sites, identify the elements of the project's design and construction likely to give rise to disputes or claims, and serve as a key link with the clients. A good project manager will have the following attributes will have the ability to plan and organize a team effort, be excellent at client management and goodwill building, will have the capacity to motivate, lead, and boost morale of the teams, will have effective time management and logical decision-making ability, and will be detail-oriented where construction documentation is concerned. In essence, the project manager acts as the backbone of the entire project. It is a position of great responsibility requiring complete and thorough technical knowledge of the construction process, excellent communication skills, responsible and cool temperament. In short, this person has a great big red S painted on their chest. If you are an independent contractor fulfilling the roles of a project manager on your own projects yourself, I recommend that you make sure that you have all of the necessary training and expertise to fulfill the project manager responsibilities. If you are a medium-sized contractor employing project managers to run your projects, I recommend that you make sure that they match all of the requirements listed and outlined in this podcast. The effective performance of the person performing the project management function on your projects 
will directly impact the project's profitability. And now for the legal segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. Every once in a while, we find a very interesting case that turns up in the court system. Apparently, in this case, a Florida subcontractor tried to put language in his bid that obligated the prime contractor receiving the bid to accept it as a contract. A Florida court has ruled that a prospective subcontractor could not obligate a bidder on a prime contract by including language of contractual commitment in its price proposal. The proposal was an offer. An offer cannot dictate the form or manner of acceptance. West Construction Incorporated was preparing to bid on a contract with the village of Royal Palm Beach for construction of a building. West asked Florida Blacktop Inc. for a price on the parking lot and other asphalt work. Blacktop responded with a multi-page document entitled Proposal Forward Slash Contract. Page 4 of the proposal included a pre-printed clause stating that Blacktop had expended time and resources preparing its bid. In consideration thereof, the bid was submitted to West Construction with the express understanding and agreement of the parties that if West disclosed the bid price to third parties, such actions shall in all instances constitute acceptance of Florida Blacktop Inc.'s bid and create a binding contract between the parties consistent with the bid documents. Although the proposal had signature lines, West Construction never signed it, nor did it respond to Blacktop orally or in writing. West submitted the low bid to the village and was awarded the contract. The contractor provided the village with a list of proposed subcontractors and suppliers on the project. Blacktop was listed as the subcontractor for the asphalt paving work at a price of $165,259. West later said that the listing had been accidental. West Construction awarded the asphalt subcontract to a different paving company. Blacktop sued for breach of contract. West requested a directed verdict in its favor, but the trial court refused. The jury found in favor of Blacktop on the basis of a binding oral contract. West appealed this decision. The Court of Appeal of Florida said that Blacktop's price proposal was an offer. That offer could not become an enforceable contract without acceptance by the other party, West Construction. An offeror cannot, by the terms of its own offer, define the form or manner of acceptance by the other party. Regardless of the language in the price proposal, West's use of Blacktop's price in calculating its own bid and West's disclosure of that price to the project owner did not constitute acceptance. West never signed the proposal or agreed to any of its terms. 
in particular, the terms in the preprinted paragraph. West's silence in response to the preprinted paragraph was not acceptance of its terms for the purposes of formation of a contract. The vague, bare statement that the proposal was consistent with industry standard and also consistent with previous business opportunities with West fails to establish a custom and usage of previous course of dealing, pursuant to which West's silence could be understood as acceptance of the proposal terms. In summary, the primary purpose of the language in the price proposal was to discourage bid shopping. The practice of disclosing a trade contractor's price to its competitors and inviting them to beat it. As this ruling indicates, however, it is difficult for a trade contractor to control bid shopping, just as an offerer cannot define the form or manner of acceptance Non-disclosure cannot be imposed unilaterally. In addition, this really points out another thing that I've always felt very strongly about, and that is, if it didn't happen in writing, it didn't happen. Blacktop Paving spent a great deal of money pursuing a litigation procedure in which it was ultimately unsuccessful on an assumption of a verbal agreement. And now it's time for the safety segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. It's amazing, but sometimes contractors never learn. Again, we are reporting on an OSHA violation and fines relating to fall protection. OSHA cited American Buildings, LLC, a Trumbull-based steel erection contractor, for alleged violations, one willful and one serious, of workplace safety standards following the October 25, 2011 death of a worker at a site in Stanford. American Building employees were installing metal roofing on a prefabricated steel building at the former Carroll campus when one of the workers fell 35 feet to the ground and sustained fatal injuries. The investigation by OSHA's office found that the employee lacked proper fall protection and was not adequately trained to recognize and avoid fall hazards. The safety harnesses of three of the four employees working on the roof, including the victim, were not tied off to anchorage points to prevent falls, and the fourth employee's safety lanyard was too long to protect him against a fall. Inadequate and ineffective fall protection can be as dangerous and deadly as no fall protection at all. According to OSHA, this employer was well aware that these workers were exposed to falls, but did not take steps to eliminate a significant hazard. A combination of proper fall protection and effective training could have prevented this needless loss of life. Surprisingly enough, OSHA only cited American buildings for these two incidents and only levied fines in the amount of $51,700. 
I think that the amount of this fine is quite surprising, as it seems insignificant when you compare it to the grievous nature of this accident. And now it's time for the bonus segment of the Construction Business Mastery Alliance podcast. Before we get into the bonuses this month, I would like to encourage every listener to the podcast, go to iTunes and post a comment and rate the podcast so that we stay up in the rankings in iTunes. That way, more construction professionals will be able to find the podcast and enjoy the content. In this way, we help share the message of construction throughout our industry, hopefully improving the business practices of all of our contractor listeners. I have noticed over the past year that very few of our listeners take advantage of the bonuses that we offer here at the Construction Business Mastery Alliance. And I have to say I'm somewhat surprised that more have not taken advantage of these special offers. This month, we have a special offer, again, from Plan Swift and QuickBooks for contractors, which you can find posted in the show notes. And we have a very special offer from the Construction Business Mastery Alliance. And as an introduction to this special offer, I would like to preface it with a little story. Most of you out there may not know it, but I am a private instrument-rated pilot, and I have been flying for over 30 years. When I was a student pilot, I learned a very, very valuable lesson that I'd like to share with you today. On a cool summer morning in July, I took off from Bowman Field on one of my solo cross-country trips that I was required to make, which required that I leave the airport, fly to another airport approximately 250 miles away, land there, take off from that airport, fly to another one another 250 miles away, and then return back to my home airport. Well, as I said, when I took off in the morning, it was a nice, cool summer day, and by the time I had reached my first airport, fueled up with gas and lifted off again, it was already starting to get hot and muggy, and a haze had started setting in. Well, needless to say, I got lost. Somehow I had gotten off course and was now trying to find the second airport I was supposed to proceed to and land. I knew exactly where I wanted to go. My problem was I didn't know where I was. And if you don't know where you are, it's impossible to get to where you want to go. Eventually I did find my way and was able to complete the cross-country trip. Although I was several hours late and had a very nervous flight instructor waiting on me when I returned. All that being said, the point is, if you don't know where you are, you can't get to where you want to go. And that's especially true in the construction business. You might know what kind of company you want, where you want to go, that you want to grow, your construction business, But if you don't know where you are right now, you can't get your business to where you want it to be. That's one of the biggest reasons we designed the Construction 101 Assessment, which is free for any construction person to take. And as a special bonus this month, any construction person taking the Construction 101 Assessment will receive a free consultation from either myself or one of our 
consultants here at Construction Business Mastery Alliance. I think you will find this offer invaluable in helping you get to where you want to go. You can get access to the Construction 101 assessment at constructionbusinessmastery.com. Well, that wraps up our show for this month. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, don't hope that you will succeed. Plan for success. Mm -hmm.